Well, it's good to be with my church family this morning. Each uh, time my kids go on a uh, mission trip or uh, do a trip with the church and they come back, we try to focus on their first few minutes when they get off the bus. Because we realize with them, life is just going to hit them and uh, they're going to move on to the next activity and we're going to miss that moment of what they learned, what they experienced and how we can encourage them as parents. So this week, this week, and we've been focusing on just slowing down a little bit and talking about the realities as a result of our deep and wide expansion that we've had over the past 40 days. If you're new and this is the first time you're here, this is a great time to visit because you're going to hear everything that's happened in our church most recently. And you'll have an opportunity to say, hey, do I want to be in on that? Do I want to be a part of a church that's doing this? I hope I can be an encouragement and my prayer is that I'd be an encouragement to everyone who is involved in deep and wide because in my own life I am deeper and wider than I was 40 days ago. And God is good. He blesses and multiplies whatever we trust to him. You know, this week as I was reading in my journal, I read in Psalm 8, and if you have your Bibles, just turn there real quickly, Psalm 8, where it begins, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Now look at what it describes about God in verse 3. It says, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you care for him. It's a question. And it's a rhetorical question. Because it's basically a statement of, as I see all of the wonder of God's creation, he's mindful of us. He's a personal God who wants a personal relationship with each one of us. That separates the God of the scriptures from all the other gods in the world. He's not a God who's far off, who just kind of set things into motions and let us deal with everyday realities. No, he is a God who's very near And in the person of Jesus Christ, this God who crafted creation came down to this world and was God with us. And he lived a perfect life for us. He died on the cross to pay a debt for us. And he rose from the dead to give this life to us. We have God with us through the Holy Spirit in our lives right now. This is the great promise that the God who's a creator is a God with us. This is the great news. This is the good news. And as we've just completed a 40-day adventure together, I want to just talk to you about growth. Because Paul talks about growth in 1 Corinthians 6. He says this. Excuse me, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6. He says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants... And he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. When we talk about these results, we're talking about, we're talking about an organic plant that's happening right now in us. With the word of God taking root in us. And, uh, the roots of this deep and wide uh, process has have really been a focus on God, his word, and people. We've called you into those realities because these things last forever in our lives. We're called to grow. We'll grow deeper and wider in our, in our understanding and our love for God, his word, and people. How did you grow over the past 40 days? 
You know, I can look in each one of these and tell you how I've grown. We've called you to grow in God's love, grow in an eternal perspective in our lives, to grow in our generosity, to grow in our joy, to grow in how God multiplies what we entrust to him and to grow in our celebration. We've put verses attached to each one of these to call us to the scriptures and call us to the promise of God. When we talked about love, we really, we started with a simple prayer. Do you remember it? God, grow me deeper and wider in your love today. We found that when we were just people who were expecting for God's love in our lives, and we were asking God to give us something we don't naturally have, that's love for others and love for him, that God blesses us with that. We're called to the scriptures in 1 John 4, where John says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. It's God's love in our lives that permits us and then resources us to love others. And we're growing in that love. We've also talked about building an eternal perspective in our lives, a grid that, that widens our view of time and deepens our investment in the things that last. And we saw in the scriptures, Paul calls us to fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen, because what's seen is temporary, but what's unseen is eternal. And when your life really does that, when your life sees that you are created for eternity, it changes how you view every day in the present. We're to live strategically. And then we talked about generosity. How Paul says you're to do good, to be rich in good works and generous and ready to share. And we talked about that passage where people who are called to a vision and stirred by the Spirit and then moved by the Spirit always provide more than enough. More than enough is always applied by a generous spirit, but it's not something we come up within ourselves. It's something that the Holy Spirit stirs up in us. And we've called you to that vision of of a deeper and wider expansion for Fellowship Bible Church. Then we talked about joy, how, how God gives us joy. And joy is a result of experiencing, surrendering to God, submitting to the will of God, and sacrificing for the mission of God. And it's our aim with joy that just as Jesus rewarded the the good steward in Matthew 25 to hear God say to each and every one of us, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a little here. I'll set you over much enter into the joy of your master. God gives us joy. We talked about how God multiplies everything we entrust to him. And remember when we were talking about the feeding of the 5,000, we had that image of, of Andrew with the little boys, five loaves, two fishes. And he goes, you know, you kind of get that picture. We just got five loaves and two, two fishes. What is this among so many? And that's that picture we get. Because who am I? Who am I that God is mindful of me, that he cares for me? Who am I that we could be used as a church in Topeka, Kansas to not only change the city of Topeka, but to be a part of a change agent that could be global. Because God is the multiplier. Because he's the same one who supplied seed to the sower and bread for food. And it's the promise that he will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. I've seen this. It's happened in my own life as a result of this already. 
God is blessing me. He's multiplying whatever I've entrusted to him. Last week, we celebrated the greatness and the goodness, the grace and the guidance of God. Because that's the will of God for us in Christ Jesus. As 1 Thessalonians 5 says, that we're to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. It's God's will for us to do this. And so it would be easy for us just to move on and to look at these values and go, yep, we've learned them. Let's check the box. But it's good to celebrate what God has done in each of us. Well, that's been with God. How have we grown deeper and wider in his word? Well, we called you to read the New Testament. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I was one of them who read through the whole New Testament in 40 days. And I've grown up in the church. I've studied the Bible for most of my life. I've gone to seminary. And even this time, I continue to grow deeper and wider in my understanding of God's word by reading through the Bible. Some days I thought at seven or eight chapters a day, I was you know, touring the Grand Canyon on a helicopter. But overall, I just saw the major message of God in the revealing of himself through Jesus Christ and the advancement of the gospel in the local church. Some of you read just a chapter of the New Testament a day. Others of you read a passage of the New Testament each day. And you grew in your understanding of God's word. You saw the growth of the church, the New Testament church, that on some days it grew by over 3,000 people. That when God's word is being preached and people are being called to the gospel, the Holy Spirit wells up and stirs and moves in people who hear it. We've also seen how the gospel has advanced. We saw it advance in even the books, book of Acts alone. From Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then we were called to the vision. The same vision that God called Paul. In Acts 26, Paul says that Jesus said to him, I'm sending you to open the eyes, open their eyes. So that they may turn from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan to God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are being sanctified by faith in me. See, that's the picture. The church on earth is to call people out of darkness into light. From the power of Satan to the power of God. From people who were unknown aliens and enemies of God. To be people who are part of the family. Who are set apart, sanctified for his purposes. We were called to this vision But it wasn't just about God and his word. It was also about people, wasn't it? When we called you to a to a vision of spiritual awakening in Topeka, that we're praying for 10% of the city of Topeka to turn to Christ. 10% of Shawnee County is 18,000 people. That will take more than just Fellowship Bible Church to be a church that advances the gospel. And that's why we celebrate the gospel advancing in every church in Topeka that proclaims it. It's not just about us, but that we get to be a part of it and that we get to pray for this in our generation is an awesome goal. And that grew me deeper and wider in my heart for people and and the role that I and you will play in this city. We prayed and asked for you to consider two people through the you and two concept. There's two people already in your life. You don't have to go knocking on doors or protesting on a corner to find them. You simply look for the people in your life that you know already who don't know Jesus, who haven't trusted in him, 
who aren't walking with him. And you look for an opportunity to love them, no strings attached, and share the gospel. And if they turn to Christ, awesome. If they don't, you still love them. You don't treat them as a project. They're people who God loves. You and two is effective in our lives. And for all of us to identify two people we already know, to write them down, to pray for them, and look for an opportunity to share the gospel with them personally is a great goal. And if all of us did it, Topeka would be a different place, wouldn't it? We talked about 10% of every dollar given to the deep and wide expansion would actually be invested in building churches outside of Fellowship Bible Church. That this isn't going to be just about us. This is going to be about building and advancing the kingdom outside of this church. I saw an interesting statistic this week that the typical church gives roughly 2% of what they're given outside of their church. They mostly spend it on themselves. And that's a, that's a quote in the United States of America. That's a horrible term. That's a horrible statistic. Right now, our budget is 20% of everything given goes outside of Fellowship Bible Church. And we wanted this expansion as we're building an addition to our current facilities to not just be about us. We also talked about personal stories. As you read through the Deep and Wide Adventure Guide, you heard 40 stories from 40 people growing deeper and wider. If you saw these videos and you just showed up on Sunday or on Saturday night, you saw 18 videos over the past six weeks of people outside and inside of our church and people who weren't inside our church who came to our church as they were invited by someone and they grew because of the deep and wide expansion. We've also called you into a vision gathering where you could see exactly what we were planning and how you could be involved in it. And over 1,200 people came to the vision gatherings and they all considered out of what God had given them what they would do in a response. And so as we did this, as we did this, those were all the underground works. And those are the things that are going to continue to bear fruit through this. This is not just a one-time you know, response and we're over. This is an ongoing process because we want everyone now and in the future to grow deeper and wider in their understanding and love for God, his word, and people. But we did come down to a response. And uh, most recently, our response, the fruit of the deep and wide in a physical expression came through an offering that we gave last weekend. And we gave that offering and we placed it in front of the Lord and we committed it to him and we got on our knees and we we dedicated not only our gifts, but our lives to him for his purposes. That was a great moment in our church. If you were here, I know you were blessed by it. But as we counted that offering this week, this was the amount. $3,556,000. Let's thank the Lord for that. This is a, this is comprised of one-time gift as much as you can give for the advancement of the gospel in your church. As well as a three-year over and above commitment to what you already give here. This is sacrificial giving. That first fruit offering was $910,000. That's going in the bank. And that's what we're going to start. That's the seed money for this. It represented $345,000 distinct people or families giving 
to this. That is a good number. That's a good number. And God is to get the glory and the credit for this. You have seen with your very lives what happens when God advances his kingdom in your lives. And if you gave to this, I am proud of you. You are my church family. You bought in and you, you are going to be a part of something I was a part of when we built this building. You are going to see that it doesn't end in 40 days. It continues. And every day you come and worship here and God grows us and God grows this experience in the lives of others. You're going to thank him for the opportunity to be involved in this. And so what this has done is this has called us as leaders to make some decisions over this past week. It's interesting, uh, if you have not yet gotten your commitment card in, I'm going to ask you, do that. I can't tell you how many conversations I had this week where people said, October 13th, that was the date we needed to get this in? Really? Oh, man, I was at soccer or my kids were doing this. I forgot to do that. I'll get it in quick. And so people were getting it in quick this week. Just just for this, this concept, last Sunday to the middle of the week, we had 70. We had 70 commitment cards turned in just in the three days because people said, oh, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. Well, if you forgot, there's still time and it will make a difference. And I'm going to explain that right now because we took these numbers and we looked at all the resources God had given us this week. He's given us cash on hand. That's what we have uh, in the bank ready for his purposes, what, however he's going to direct us. We took the first fruit offering, which is that 800 or $910,000. We took the 36 month commitments and then we paid off the debt on our note last April for this building completely paid for. But we continued making payments to ourselves on what we paid the bank so that we could save up for the future thing. And it was part of our budget. And we do this because if we ever need to borrow for this bill, for the, for the new expansion, it wouldn't affect our budget. We're already making a payment. So we didn't have to increase our giving or ask for more to pay down that debt. The other resource that is still out there that depends on you is for anyone in here who hasn't turned in a commitment card. And we need that because it's already affecting how quickly we can begin on this project. We have some boundaries that we put out just to be wise stewards of what God has entrusted. And our elders have decided that first, before we did any construction on a new building, we would pay this thing off. And we did that this past April. We would never want to take on more debt than three times our budget. And we're never going to do that. We're not going to do that. And even a more conservative figure, we wanted to never borrow more than half of this project, what it's going to cost. And so with those boundaries, we kind of worked our way back into what's our immediate steps for us as a church. And here's what we do, did this week. First of all, our immediate steps is we're going to build a church in Ethiopia. We're going to take that first fruit offering and we're going to take $80,000 roughly. And we're going to start that project over the next two months. We'll release that money to our partners in Ethiopia and they will build a church, a structure that can hold over a thousand people. We're going to be able to build for around $150,000. Be long before we move into our new building, there's going to be the Ethiopian church in their church worshiping God and we're going to get to be a part of it. 
we're going to build, uh, or actually, actually blacktop the parking lot across the street. So if you parked in the gravel today, we're going to blacktop that and make room for future expansion in our, in our current area. Our city wants us to do that anyway, uh, so that we can handle water going off of that and, and uh, make it cleaner than when it, it came on to our property there. And then we've immediately revised our plans so that it can fit with the resources that God provided to us. We did priorities of what brought us here. And that moves us to what we're continuing. We're continuing at this time a new worship uh, center, a new nursery. We must have a new nursery, roughly three to four times the size of our current nursery. And we need an entryway just to connect the old... the this building with the new construction. We also are going to be building another church in India. And this is within about six months. We'll release the money for that. So two of our partners will receive churches before we move into our new one. But here's the deal. These are the most important areas. These two areas are constantly telling us we need larger space. So these, and these are the reasons we're here today is, and did the deep and wide expansion. So these are our priorities, and we're going to be beginning these things. When we start on that, we'll depend on any commitments that are out there. We've already, over this past week, saved two months. We moved it back from a start date where we were going to start next July on this project just so we can keep the cash flow going. And due to the people who forgot about it or were just kind of watching and see what would happen, um, due to the people who jumped in and got in on it, it saved us two months. So now we're starting in May. And if we can get more commitments in, we're hoping to start in April. We would love to do that. And that's dependent on anyone who is watching and hasn't yet gotten connected. We've also looked at what we're waiting on. And, you know, when you build a house and you don't have the resources to finish the downstairs, what do you do? You still move in? Of course you do. How many of you have an unfinished basement? That's how we're going to be moving into this new building. And down there were offices for our growing staff, for adult equipping space, which we do need, but we're putting off at this time until resources can be provided for that. There's also some conference rooms down there. We're putting those off because we believe we can just kind of make do for a year uh, to keep the key priorities, the top priorities there. And then we've had to redirect some things. We had to take off from those original plans, the chapel. And the prayer room. We don't need a prayer room to pray. But we're going to find a place where every week we can provide a place for people to pray with an elder or with a leader here as they trust God. And it doesn't have to be a separate room for that. With our chapel, we're going to get creative on how we can provide wedding space on a Saturday evening, either in our facilities or outside of our facilities for our church family. So if you're single and want to get married in three years, hang with us. (laughs) Hang with us. We'll provide a place for you to get married. And by the way, Friday has become the new Saturday since we have Saturday evening services, and everything is less expensive on a Friday night for a wedding. So consider that. And I'm glad I don't have three girls. Okay. <laughs> Here's our revised project cost. We've moved it from around $11 million completed and furnished down to 9.2 with those priorities. With all the funds we've talked about, we have about 4.2 million. 
Remember, we wanted to build this thing with less than 50% debt. And so we need an additional $400,000 in commitment. We believe God has already entrusted our congregation with that money, $400,000. It's just a matter of you responding. $50 a month makes a huge difference here, folks, from everyone. $50 a month. $100 a month makes a huge difference here. may not seem like much. But, but folks, this is a priority that we can expedite this process and we complete it if we simply trust the Lord with what God has entrusted with us. So if you forgot or if you've been, you know, passive on this, get in the game. We need to be together on this and we can move forward on this. Everyone's offering makes a difference. Every one of us. So let me close with this. Here's some truths that I've learned through this process. And it's truth just in leadership and in my own personal life that something like this, whenever you do like a building expansion or this deep and wide expansion, it brings to surface a whole bunch of things in you and around you. The first thing is this. What's happening in my life will be expressed by what comes out of my life. What you're dealing with internally will be affected. It affects everything around you. And if God is at work in your life and you've grown deeper and wider, and it's interesting, the four key environments that we focused on, public worship, personal time with the Lord, time in your small group, and time serving in ministry, it's fascinating. When you're connected to those four environments, it's almost automatic that you are a part of this. So when you are in the game, God is just going to do that. What, what's happening on the inside of you, this is a heart issue. If God has moved in your heart, you'll show that on the outside. It's an expression. And this calls to light on it. Secondly, to experience the deeper and wider life, you must join the adventure with God and your church family. Growing deeper and wider is not done in isolation. It happens when you connect yourself to the will of God and to the mission of God for you and for your church. We believe everyone, every believer must be connected to a local church. We don't believe this lie that it's just about you and you don't like organized religion. We see through the scriptures where although it is far from perfect, the church is still God's plan A for reaching this world. And we all need to be connected to a life-giving church that advances the kingdom of God in your local area. I always say that even to people visiting, that if FBC is not your church, go and find a church where you can agree with the mission and go and advance the mission there. There's other churches in Topeka who are advancing the mission of God, but you need to be connected to one of them. You can, and we all, and I've been in the church a long time, we all can be hurt by the church. Don't use that as an excuse. Don't. You may have had bad food someplace. You still eat, okay? So don't give up on eating because you got sick someplace. Just don't go there anymore. That's all it is. And and find a place where you can be fed and grow. And I found that here is a place I've been growing. And here's a place that I can join the adventure with God and my church family to advance the kingdom of God. I've also learned that this adventure was rewarding and it will serve as a defining moment in our church family. If you are in on this, it's going to be a defining moment. As when we built this church, it was the defining moment for my life and for my family. 
It was a defining moment for my wife and me when we looked at our finances and we looked where all it was going and we redirected some of what God was giving us to something that is for eternity. And you know what? I am more joyful in my giving now and my wife and I are on the same page. That's a blessing. That's a defining moment. And I hear that it's not just in my family. I hear that it's in hundreds of other families who've joined in on this. But here's the last truth that I don't want anyone in here to forget. And that is this. We are not a building. We're not. We are the church. We are the church. So don't ever get it confused that Fellowship Bible is a place. Fellowship Bible is people. It's people. And the church is people. Your house is an expression of who you are, but it's not who you are. That's why you can move from house to house and still be the same person. Your clothing are an expressions of your likes and interests, but you change and do different clothing, thankfully, because your clothing cannot be your identity. And a church building cannot be our identity. We are far more than a church building. But this is a season in our church when we can build a building that can be used for the glory of God to advance his kingdom on earth. And we get to be a part of it. So I'm proud of you, church. Many, many of you have been involved in in this. Others still need to get involved. And that's why the door continues to be open. And our future decisions are affected by your present response. Do that now so that we can know and that we can count you in on this wonderful opportunity to advance the kingdom of God by making disciples of Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? (laughs) Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for the vision that you've called us to. Thank you for the response that you've welled up in fellow believers here who believe in you, who trust in you, who submit to leadership in a local church, and who join with you and their church to make a difference in their city and around the world. We ask for your blessing. We ask for your grace. We ask for your power to do what you've called us to do and to be the people you've asked us to be. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.